We rode the Jordan Love roller coaster in preseason week one. The offensive and defensive lines showed us something plus reinforcements. And I mean big time reinforcements are on the way to the Green Bay Packers. We talk about it all next. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You're Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. We have an awesome show for you today because there is an absolute monster amount of stuff to talk about the preseason game and incredible news on the injury front from the Packers on Sunday as Elton Jenkins, Big Bob Tunyon, and Christian Watson all activated off the physically unable to perform list. They are now practicing and that means they are going to be back sooner rather than later. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. All of your gambling needs in one place, props, odds, a lot more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay. I was trying to figure out, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago and, and have talked about it for a couple of weeks. Why is it we're not seeing Yash Nyman playing right tackle? If David Bakhtiari, who presumably would be ahead of Elton Jenkins in his recovery since one of them tore their ACL less than nine months ago and one of them tore their ACL 18 months ago, my assumption was David Bakhtiari would be closer to being ready than Elton Jenkins. Now, of course, we don't know exactly what happened with the offseason surgery and where they are and what David Bakhtiari's situation is and all that stuff. So all of that is true. Ellen Jenkins being back fundamentally changes, I think, the way that we feel about this offensive line. And it has trickle-down effects all over. Let's start with the basis part of this. And that is, if Ellen Jenkins is your starting right tackle, and Matt LaFleur was very cagey about it, saying, I'm not going to rule him out on the left side, not going to rule him out on the right side, not going to rule him out at tight end. He's not going to play tight end. I can pretty safely tell you that. Then... We know he's going to play right tackle. We know he's going to play right tackle. They telegraphed it. The interesting thing is Zach Tom, after the preseason game, will get to the offensive line's performance. Uh, he got some reps on Sunday at left guard for John Runyon Jr., which is a weird thing because JRJ, I thought, played really well in the preseason game. He seems like an established starter. I don't know why you'd be giving Zach Tom those reps over saying giving him some right guard reps because that's the spot that seems far more up in the air that's weird and that's something that we're going to monitor moving forward. But if Elton Jenkins is your right tackle, Josh Myers is your center, presumably John Runyon Jr. is one of your other starters, and Yash Nyman is your left tackle, 
Even if Royce Newman is your right guard, you hope he's taking a step forward. They're going to have plenty of guys trying to fight for that spot with Jake Hansen and Sean Ryan and maybe Zach Tom all vying for some of those reps. Then you have a a really nice group. Just putting Elton Jenkins in there changes everything about how you feel about it because Royce Newman is essentially was a failed rookie guard who's now being asked to move to tackle. Now you're moving Jake Hansen to guard where he's never played in any sort of meaningful time. He's never played anywhere in in any sort of meaningful time in the NFL. And so that is major in terms of the weaknesses that you have on your offensive line. Guys that are totally unproven. I mean, totally and completely unproven. Now, at least Royce Newman, if he's your starting right guard, he started a bunch of games for you last year. You hope he's taking the step. And Elton Jenkins, we've seen play at a Pro Bowl caliber level at guard and at tackle. He was that last year at tackle filling in for David Bakhtiari. And so then whenever you get David Bakhtiari back, then that is gravy for for your offense. Now, presumably you're going to get him back at some point. But when is that going to be? We'll see. Okay, so... Big picture, though, with all these guys, and we'll dig into each individual one here quickly. But the only reason you you do this now is these guys are going to be on the 53. Because if they're on the PUP, if they start the season on PUP, then they have to miss four games. So, but they're not counting on your roster, right? So... The, the only reason to do this now is if these guys are going to be ready in the first four weeks of the season and probably earlier than that, like first two weeks of the season. That is why you would do this because otherwise, you you know, you, you have the, the cushion there. These guys are going to play. They're going to have to carry these guys on the 53-man roster and that means they're going to play sooner than later, assuming no setbacks getting out there, doing individual work. Then they'll ramp up to, they'll be doing, you know, the competitive one-on-one periods, then competitive team, that's full clearance, and then it's ready to go. Well, I think Christian Watson's return has impacts all over the roster. How does that impact the, the, the order of guys that we see? Juwan Winfrey, where does that slot him in? Sammy Watkins, where does that slot him in? These are questions that we'll get answers to in the coming weeks. But, you know, how much are they going to do against the Saints? Probably very little. You you almost wanted this to happen a week ago so that, you know, they could get these extra Saints reps. But maybe by, you know, the end of this week, they'll be able to go out and, and Ellen Jenkins probably won't play in the preseason. Big Bob Tunyon probably won't play in the preseason. But you'd like to get someone like Christian Watson some run, even if it's going to be with Jordan Love, and the Packers need Big Bob Tunyon to be out there because Tyler Davis was a disaster in the game. From the the dropped interception, or the, the drop that turned into an interception, he missed a couple blocking assignments in key spots. He had a dreadful game, and Dominique Daphne is not healthy right now. Mercedes Lewis, Big Bob Tunyon, Josiah DeGuara, that's your big three. If Tunyon is ready to go, that's a really good three. They they probably want a fourth for special teams. But if Tyler Davis is actually going to play for this offense, I think you're going to see that that's a problem. They like him. I don't 
quite understand why you know every coaching staff has these pet guys where it's like they they stick with them a little too long and in some cases it's like starter caliber guys that the team seems to think are like good but are not and then in some cases it's like well this guy probably shouldn't be on the roster but he is well that can be just as valuable real estate because you need guys on your roster that can actually help you win football games Right now, I don't see where the evidence is that Tyler Davis can do that. Not having to rely on him makes your team better. So the, it, it is hard to overstate the impact of this return from all three players. I think the Watson piece is a little bit of gravy because Romeo Dobbs has performed so well. Maybe this week we'll talk about the George Pickens narrative that's out there right now. Not going to deal with that today. Um, but you're talking about two starters and a guy who is expected to play a lot of football for the Packers. We had not seen them in training camp. We did not know when we would see them. There was some reporting and some rumors and some speculation. Big Bob Tunyon would be back. Um, we did not know what the timeline was for Christian Watson. And we did not know what the timeline was for Elton Jenkins. Now, we were told the Christian Watson thing was not long-term. But that's not the same as he's going to be back next week. That's not the same as... Here he is. Now he's on the field. And with Elton Jenkins, we didn't know what to believe. You tear your ACL in, you know, October, November. It's far from a given that week one is a possibility. And, and Elton said on Sunday, he knew two weeks ago he'd be out there soon because he was like, I feel fine. I feel good. So he is an, an incredible physical specimen, it turns out. And that has huge impacts for this Team. All right, we're going to talk about the preseason game. We're going to talk about Jordan Love, the offensive line, the defensive line, all that good stuff in just a second. But before we do, let's talk about our friends at BetterHelp. There are curveballs life can throw at you. And I just had one. Um, and some are good, some are bad. Some are anxiety-inducing. Some are incredible and and sometimes you don't know how to deal with oh my gosh this is amazing i need to know how to deal with that or you have a loss sometimes it's really nice to just have someone to talk to you don't even have to be going through anything in particular sometimes you just like to check in with someone who's not going to judge you someone who's going to tend to your needs and they're not listening just waiting for you to stop talking so that then they can jump in in their conversation. No, they're, they're listening to what you're saying because they're there to help. That's why it's called BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. We're talking about professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist, schedule weekly or phone sessions so you don't have to be on camera if you don't want to be. With therapy, it can take a few tries to find the right fit for you. BetterHelp makes it easy and free of charge. They have therapists you can change not a problem it's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available visit the website to read their testimonials that are posted daily and they have a special offer for our listeners get 10% off the first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on that's 10% off the first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash locked on let's talk about Jordan Love Before we talk about the actual on-field stuff, 
Jordan Love has become a bit of a Rorschach test. You see what you want to see. And I will admit to my own biases on that. I don't know how to account for them. I try and be as objective as I can be. But that's the thing about subconscious bias is it just seeps into your evaluation. So I try and watch a play and I go, okay, if I were just watching any quarterback, how would I evaluate it? I think there are people who come with it. They have agendas they want to push. Sure, I would like to be right about my evaluation of Jordan Love, which was different than a lot of people's. I didn't love the pick when it was made, by the way. Let's not forget that. Let's not act like I'm, you know, that I that I love Jordan Love. But I am on, I do live on Jordan Love Island. I think he can be a very good football player. But I have to be honest with what I'm seeing. At least I try to be as honest as I can be. And, and you know, I had a, a good back and forth with Zach Cruz from the Packers Wire, our friend. Uh, and he was insisting that, Love made a bad read on a play. I watched that the, the, the play in question about 15 times. And I think I'm right. I think I'm looking at it the way that I would look at any other play. I think I see something. He thinks he sees something. We both are coming to it with preconceived notions. And there are some people who do this in a more profound way than other people. There are some people who have just decided Jordan Love sucks. And that's the thing is people, I, I see people saying that. Just admit it. Jordan Love sucks. Jordan Love sucks. We, don't, we have like very little information on what Jordan Love is at this point. To make any sort of sweeping distinctions about what he is or isn't at this point is just not smart. Just not smart. There is a lot of time on the field that it takes. Time under tension. To reveal what a player truly is. We, we, know, we know very, very little. We've seen him play in two preseason games. Have one NFL start. And play in half of a meaningless game. In week 18. And now a preseason game. That is a scant sample size. So just look. You, I, there are people that are, that are listening. That follow me on Twitter. That just think I'm in the tank for Jordan Love. And so I'm going to compliment all of it and I'm going to make excuses for him and all this stuff. I think that would make me a bad evaluator. I think it would make me a bad analyst if I approach the game that way, because as I've said a million times on this show and people, longtime listeners of this show know and are probably sick of hearing me say it. I want to be right. And being right is about context. It's about being right in the moment. Not about a take that I had two weeks ago. If I'm seeing something, I want to be right about what I'm seeing, which means if I'm evaluating something right now, then I want to be right about what that evaluation is, or at least the closest to right. I mean, all these evaluations are subjective. So the interceptions, three interceptions in this game. One was his fault. The first one on the throw to Tyler Davis, it hits him in the hands. Hits him in the hands on a slant in the red zone. Jordan Love moved into the 49ers territory on five of six drives. Moved the ball on every single drive, basically. That was a turnover. 
the Romeo Dobbs interception, which I still don't understand how there was enough evidence to overturn that. It looked like Dobbs still had the ball on the ground. He should be down technically, I think, by the rules, but no one knows what he catches. So it was ruled interception, again, for reasons that don't make sense. That is certainly not on Jordan Love. Romeo Dobbs had the ball and lost it going to the ground. You could say the ball could have been more outside. I actually think it was a really good throw high and away from the defender. I think reasonable people can disagree on that, but the moral of the story is Dobbs had it. It should have been caught. You want to quibble about the throw? Fine. Dobbs caught it. He had it and couldn't couldn't complete the catch. That's not Jordan Love's fault. The swing routes. This is something that is... Matt LaFleur mentioned on Sunday at his press conference, those are going to be throws that he wants back. I don't think they were all, you know, the the Goodson one was bad, the first one. I think the next two were, were okay. And I think one of them was actually a drop. Pro Football Focus had four drops for the Packers in this game. Romeo Dobbs had one. Tyler Davis had those. Um... And then I think Dobbs actually had two because if you consider the PBU interception a drop, which it probably should be, that's two. Jordan Love made an incredible play rolling to his left on a boot, outrunning Jake Jackson to the sideline, throws the ball to Romeo Dobbs. It's a miss. Overall, a lot of good. And and Matt LaFleur said that. He said he was pleased. He said the decision-making was good. He mentioned the the flat throws as throws that Jordan Love would probably like to have back. I don't think overall the accuracy was a problem. And he made some really nice throws, some really nice plays. The throw on the run to Dobbs, beautiful throw. The touchdown throw to Dobbs, awesome throw. And, And that was, and I did a thread of all the throws on Twitter, but that was doubly nice for this reason. That's fourth down. He goes on... I don't know if it was two or three, but he has a dummy cadence to get the defense to show. They show the blitz. He knows, okay, it's not too high. It looks like single high. So he throws the slot fade. They had mirror slot fades or smash fades, um, but slot fades. And it ended up being a, a zero blitz that they had blocked up. Jordan Love knows the ball has to come out quick because he knows that safety is at least coming down, if not coming on the blitz. It's a beautiful throw, touchdown. Don't let anyone tell you that that was a defensive mistake. That's cover zero. They just got out leveraged. Romeo Dobbs ran a great route. He got free. That's a touchdown. Similar situation with with the Danny Davis score. They're driving. That was the drive where he had two swing throws that he missed. Back shoulder fade, touchdown. That's a great play. Had a terrific third and long conversion to Samori Toure on a secondary read. Poison the pocket, stood in there, got to a second read. He throws to the right guys. Consistently throws to the right guys. That's a mental thing. And I think we saw in this game the pre-snap processing. Seattle threw some stuff at him. They blitzed him. They mixed coverages. They disguised coverages. He used his cadence well to get them to try and show. And in fact, they stopped doing some of the disguises as the second quarter wore on because he was getting them to show it early. And some of that is is just getting more experienced. And he said that. 
He needs to get better at, at identifying the blitz and those kinds of things. I said on Twitter, I give the performance a B. I think that's right. We're seeing the flashes. We're seeing the really good stuff. It's still just those uh, misses. It's the swing route. No, were those going to be big plays? No. Would they have changed the box score in meaningful ways? No. But you just feel a little bit better about it all if those are accurate. One other thing that, that I need to bring up here. On the interception to Amari Rodgers, Matt LaFleur confirmed Rodgers read the coverage wrong, ran the wrong route. Someone else ran the wrong route. And Rodgers, if he runs the right route, probably open, they probably get a chance at a big play and a conversion. But Jordan Love can't make that throw in that situation given what happened. Now, I still think it was a situation where he's got the defenders back to him. He thinks he can throw Amari Rodgers open. He's trying to anticipate a window being there. The defender makes a nice play. To me, this is tip of the hat. Matt LaFleur said what should have happened when he runs the wrong route, probably, is you go off schedule. Okay, it's not there. Now you got to make a play, whether with your legs, and Jordan Love showed some nice things with his legs, or try and buy some time and make a throw. And this is something Jordan Love is awesome at. It was something he was awesome at at Utah State. It was part of why he was getting the Patrick Mahomes comparisons because he could make plays on the run that few other quarterbacks could make. We haven't seen that. We haven't seen it basically at all. And I, I sympathize with Jordan. Because he's trying to learn this footwork. And he's trying to play a more polished brand of football. And so he's trying to go one, two, three, bang. He's, he's taking the coaching and trying to play on time, trying to play on rhythm. But in that situation, it needs to be, okay, just go play. How do they find that balance? And how much of that is Jordan Love saying, I need to find that balance? How much of that is Matt LaFleur saying, I need to encourage Jordan and Adam Stenovich now and Tom Clements? If, you're, if the play breaks down like that, go make a play. That's the last step in the evolution, I think, for him, is rather than trying to die with the play design, and play perfectly. Forget perfectly, just go play. And I think part of that is internalizing the details and feeling like, you, okay, you know all the concepts, you know all the adjustments. I think he's becoming more and more comfortable with more reps, with more playing time. Maybe he'd get there. I think that's what it's gonna take for him and his, his development. I think, I don't wanna say this is the best version of Jordan Love we're gonna see because I think he can play a cleaner game but I think until he gets actual reps and gets comfortable with, okay, I, I just need to go out and play, then, then that's going to hold him back from reaching his full potential because his full potential includes this whole menu of off-schedule stuff, of off-platform stuff. And I think that is really what has a chance, at least, to separate him. Now, he's still trying to get 
the fundamental stuff down. That's the problem. He's still trying to make sure he's got the weight transfer on the swing throws. And and making sure you're getting those accurate throws. When, okay, but when you need to be a playmaker, how do, how do you get out of your own head on one, two, three, or one, two, three, four, five, bang? That, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. All right, we're going to talk about the offensive and defensive line here. As we finish up, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events. The number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Football. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise at a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. Lastly here. I thought the offensive line held up remarkably well. But it was a lot of quick game. They had some issues on third and short. This was going to be a much more fun conversation before we found out Elton Jenkins is coming back. He solves so many problems right away. So Zach Tom seems to have played his way into a, a chance to get some more opportunities. I was I was surprised at how good uh, Jake Hansen looked. Rice Newman was okay. Josh Myers, awesome. I thought JRJ was really good. And, and Josh Nyman was fine. Defensively is where it's really exciting. It's really exciting because I thought Jonathan Ford, seventh round pick, did some nice things. Chris Slayton, who's been a little bit of a camp darling, did some nice things. TJ Slayton had some really nice plays. Jack Heflin had some really nice plays. These are all backup players. Like, like Ford and not TJ Slayton and Heflin were were nothings last year in the NFL, at least in the case of Jonathan Ford, because he was not in the NFL. And yet they're they're in there making plays. And some of these 49ers that they were going up against, the Trey Lance-led offense, had real starters. Like real offensive starters. It was not dissimilar from what Green Bay did, where those are your real guys out there. That they were able to get some production, create some pressure on Lance, get stops in the run game. That's real. Add in Devontae Wyatt, Kenny Clark, Jaron Reed, Dean Lowry to that group. That can be a really, really, really good group. Also, JJ Enigbare, Kingsley Enigbare, it seems to be he's going back and forth on what he wants to be called. Had a sack, had another pressure, I think had a TFL in the run game. He is someone who has apparently not done much in camp. But he's an effort player. He's an energy player. And yeah, he's got some nice technique. But he's going he's gonna to get after on want to. And, and, and he, he had more than that in this game. Had a really nice bull rush. 
um, got a pressure dipping and bending the edge. Was not able to get to the QB on that one. But that was not something in his arsenal that we saw a lot at South Carolina where he's, he's bending the edge, dipping and bending. But he did it. We were wondering, okay, who is that third edge going to be? Is it Jonathan Garvin? Is it, is it Tipa Nalia? Is it, is it Ladarius Hamilton? Is it Randy Ramsey? Well, after one preseason game, the, the third best edge, the best edge who played was Eddie Barry. Go back and listen to the episode Kelly Price did with us on the rookie orientation with Enningbari, and, and she was really great. He is a great kid. Be excited about this one. This front is so deep. It's so talented. It's fun. It's going to be fun. Quay Walker didn't play a bunch, so not a lot to see there. Uh, and Devontae Wyatt, as I said, didn't play. I'm not worried at all about what happened in the passing game. Um, mostly none of those guys are going to play. Shimon, John Charles. Um, I thought was the one of the few bright spots in the secondary. Maybe he's cornerback four. If he is, maybe you feel a little bit better about it than you did six months ago. We'll see. We'll learn a lot this week. I think this week will be a big test for that for that group of backups. The, the 49ers were, they were getting a little cute with it. You know, running mills and double moves and and really trying to do stuff. Um, I, yeah, they they wanted to win. I, that's one way to go, I guess. So I'm not worried about any of that when it comes to the Packers' actual defense. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Uh, it's it's Saints week. So a lot to get to this week. Um, I'm going to try and get my buddy Ross Jackson, who's in Green Bay, but who covers the Saints um, on the show this week to, to give us a little bit of, of inside on the boots on the ground sort of uh, reporting there. And then another game. So a lot more fun to have this week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers.